It's here. We finally made it. The NFL draft kicks off tonight. The Green Bay Packers with the 13th overall pick. We take a look at every angle here. I go through my guys in this draft, a my guys mock draft. We're going to put together here, plus try and use what we know from the draft, what history tells us, and put together a wish list at each spot for the Green Bay Packers. All of that starts right now. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM, the perfect sponsor for the NFL Draft because the Ultimate Football GM lets you take the reins of your franchise as you walk them through every big decision that you might have to make. Locked on Packers listeners get a free 100% boost in the franchise mode when you use the promo code locked on. So I wrote a piece for The Leap today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to, about rules. And they're not, rules may be overstating it, about key points we've learned. Things that history has told us. And everydayers and longtimers will know These are things that are important to me. I think the draft tells us all kinds of lessons. It's one of the reasons why I did not like the way the first round was handled last year because history says you do not draft off-ball linebackers in the first round. You just shouldn't do it. We're really bad historically at differentiating. The NFL is who is good and who is not at that position. So one of the commandments, one of the rules, not commandments, one of the ideas is don't take positions where you are not likely to be right about your evaluations. There are positions where the NFL is historically pretty good at finding good players and sorting them. And sorting them meaning the guys that are drafted in the first are consistently much better than the guys drafted in the second who are consistently much better than the guys drafted in the third and so on and so on. Despite all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth that has gone on about bus rates at wide receiver, the NFL has traditionally been really good at finding good wide receivers, at ordering the good wide receivers. The good ones tend to go in the first more often, statistically, materially more often than they do in the second, statistically and materially more often than they do in the third and so on. Cornerback. Offensive tackle, defensive end, the premium positions the league actually has figured out pretty well. It's these other positions that make you go, "Mm, I don't know if that's what I need to do. Now, there are a couple other lessons in there that I think are important, like speed doesn't matter that much at receiver uh, beyond a baseline. Like if you run 4.7 or slower and you you weren't hurt like Keenan Allen, you're not an NFL receiver. It's a pretty good one. Um... Shuttle times for offensive linemen are important, but like none of these offensive lines did shuttle times. And 
no one did that great in them. So I don't know what to do with that, especially um, weight adjusted three cones for defensive linemen and pass rushers tends to be particularly nice. There are some really good ones in this class. Someone like Lucas Van Ness, someone like Felix Anadika Uzoma. They are where you want them to be, especially when you're talking about these premium prospects. And so that leads me to trying to, we've done this a number of times over the course of um, the draft process, but now we have the final consensus board. And what we also know about draft history is that the further you stray from consensus, the more likely you are to be wrong. That over time, the, the public and the NFL are actually about the same at predicting who's going to be good and who's not. Interestingly, they're about the same at correctly ordering these players. And the so the more the more you stray, the more you try to outsmart the crowd with a Quay Walker pick or an Eric Stokes pick um, or a Jordan Love pick, the more likely that is to fail. So I thought, okay, let me put all this together and take it and use it to try and put together a roadmap. And now that we have these final consensus boards, and I'm going to use the one Arif Hassan put together for the Pro Football Network. Arif is, I wouldn't say he's the originator of the consensus board, but I'm, I would say he's the most prominent. Um, he is the one who I trust the most with the data and trying to figure out what is important and what isn't. And so I, I put together using the historical hit rates, positional value, all of that stuff, the guys that I think are the no doubt these are the players you want to draft if they are there at these spots. Starting at 13, Jackson Smith the Jigba. Now you can quibble over who is first, but th this is the tier of players that you want to be swimming in. The, the pool of players you want to be swimming in, the tier you want to be picking from. I I'm mixing metaphors because my brain is mush because the draft is almost here. Jackson Smith the Jigba, I think is... The guy that I've been saying from day one, JSN, no matter what, right? But he might not be there. And now we're getting this report that 12 with Houston might be open for business, uh, which it could be a signal that, hey, if you want to come get a receiver, come up because we don't we don't love what's going on here. I'm very dubious about what's going on in Houston because I, I find it hard to believe that not only are they going to pass on a quarterback at two, but then they're going to trade back from 12 to get God knows what on a team that could use blue chip players. I understand trading back more bites at the apple. There's actually some wisdom in that, but they're going to take Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson at two and then still not get a quarterback at 12 and move back. I, I don't know if that makes sense as a strategy, but if Jackson Smith, the Jigba isn't there, even though I am JSN, no matter what, I don't think it's the end of the world because there are still other premium players at premium positions that are available to be picked there. And because now you have 42 and 45, and that is actually the sweet spot of value for receivers and tight ends. That is day two is the sweet spot for pass catchers. You don't need to stress if you don't get that number one guy. Now, the question is, is the fact that this is a shallow class going to push up some guys that that it might otherwise not have or in a different class. Like, I don't think a player like Jonathan Mingo is going to go top 50 in almost any other receiver class that we've had in recent vintage. This is a bad receiver class. 
The Packers like Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. So, and and he's actually in a, a conversation that we're going to have later. The other name here at 13, Paris Johnson. He's now the favorite, I believe, according to our friends at FanDuel, to be the third overall pick. So it sounds like these offensive linemen are going to fly off the board. And what I keep saying to people is, someone's got to go. Someone has to be picked. So the, these quarterbacks are coming off the board before the Packers pick at 13. Like there are four of them, three at least for sure. Two pass rushers for sure. Wilson and Anderson. Jalen Carter is going to go before 13, though I do think and have, have been in conversations about the idea that the Packers are okay with Jalen Carter if they're in a position to make that pick. There's going to be two corners, I think, that come off the board before the Packers pick. Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky. We're at 10 players already. So there's three players in this tier to me. Only two more can be picked at 11 and 12. So I think almost, and then if another quarterback, so like the Packer, Packer fans, if you want Jackson Smith the Jigba or Paris Johnson, you are big Will Levis fans tomorrow. You are big Anthony Richard fans tomorrow. Get those guys to go off the board before 13. Because the other two guys, the other two guys, Paris Johnson, I think he's going to go. The other guy in this tier at 13 that hits the first round value. And if you want him, you got to get him in the top of the first round. He hits the, the kind of player that can maximally impact your team over the life of his rookie deal. He is the perfect Preston Smith replacement. The guy to go opposite Rashawn Gary. He has a lot of similarities to Rashawn Gary. I think he's a more refined player coming out than Rashawn Gary, but is like Rashawn Gary, a big powerful MFer who is also young and played at a blue chip program, Miles Murphy. He was a guy early on in the process. A lot of Packer fans were making googly eyes at and myself included. And it seemed like there was no way he was going to make it to where the Packers were going to pick at 15. It seemed like he was going top 10. He was going eight. He was going 12. Now it seems like there's a good chance he's going to be there at 13. In fact, he's going in the twenties in mocks. And I don't understand that he's big. He's 6'5", 270 with long arms and elite athletic traits. He's a 90-plus he percentile athlete at the position. Having played at Clemson, he's still relatively young. Miles Murphy is the one defensive player to me at 13 that makes sense. I would understand the theory of Lucas Van Ness. I just don't think he's that caliber of player. And, and one of the dark horses here, I don't think the Packers would do it. But to me, I would be fine with some of the other pass rushers that are out there, guys like Phoenix and Adike Uzoma. 13 would be a little rich, but he's a bonafide first-round pick. And there are maybe only 18 first-round players. I think I have 18 first-round grades in this class. So if you're picking at 13 and there's only 18 first-round grades, it can't be a stretch to take someone like that. It's just not. So... You'd like to have someone you have a top 10 grade on. I have top 10 grades on Paris Johnson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know Miles Murphy. So if you get one of those two Ohio State guys, you are crushing it. All right, more on the draft and, and these scenarios in just a second. But before we get there, let's talk about today's sponsor, Ultimate Football GM. This is your opportunity to run a football team. I know everyone thinks they can do it. A little practice. You, you might just be able to build a dynasty, at least in the game, hiring and firing the right coaches, coordinators, managing finances, negotiating player salaries. Could, could you have gotten the trade for Aaron Rodgers that, that Brian Gutekunst got? Well, you're gonna, you can prove it. You can prove it. 
And Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go, play as you want, play on the airplane. Locked On Packers listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Then download the app. You can go to ultimate-gm.com to look it up in the app store. Ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. And join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL local experts on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be going live for all rounds, one, two, and three. Then on Saturday, they'll get you caught up after each round. Join the draft dudes for the first round tonight, live on YouTube and on the Locked On NFL Scouting page at 7.30 Eastern. So, okay, we only got through one round. Let's keep going. Um, 42, these are, again, you're trying to find value to the Packers. Brian Gudikins talking about why it's important to incorporate positional value when you stack your board. So Jalen Hyatt, this is the dream, I think, at 42 for them. Keely Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, who you could convert to safety and I think makes sense as a safety convert. Keon White, who I don't think is in this range, but very much is by consensus in this range. And Anadike Uzoma, if they come out with one of those players, and this, again, this is why you don't have to get your receiver. Because Jalen Hyatt is right there to be taken. Maybe you have to move up to get him if you feel like you need to do that. Great. And if you you don't get him, there are some other players on day two that you can go and get. Now, at 45, you're dealing with probably the same band of players from above. So Jalen Hyatt, Keely Ringo, Keon White, and Anadike Ozoma. And you add um, Luke Musgrave and uh, Sam Laporta, whose name I have to think about every time now because I've called him Matt too many times. Um, this is where you get your tight end. So if you have to go Paris Johnson or uh, Miles Murphy at 13, you can go tight end receiver back to back here. No problem. You can do that. Or you can go pass rusher tight end or receiver pass rusher and then wait till 78 to get your tight end. This is the sweet spot for those positions, which is why it makes sense to hold out. It's it's why you don't see Dalton Kincaid at 13. It's why you don't see Michael Mayer at 13, not just because the consensus board doesn't have them in that range, but because history tells us don't take a tight end there. Now, I do want to address something that I think is interesting. People at 15 were saying Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid would love those picks. And then now that the Packers are at 13, they're going, it can't be one of those guys. What? If they're worth it at 15, they're worth it at 13. Now, I'm not saying do it instead of one of the guys that I mentioned. Don't do that. At least I wouldn't do that. But Dalton Kincaid, especially as a pass catcher, I think can be every bit as impactful as JSN. I think his high end upside is is a Mark Andrews type player. The body control, the fluidity, the ability to attack the middle of the field, to go up and win in contested situations, to be that true mismatch tight end. There are like three of them in the league. It's George Kittle, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Mark Andrews. If you can get one, and Kyle Pitts, kind of, he plays receiver, but Dalton Kincaid plays receiver. He's an F tight end. But you can find your blocker later. That's fine. Take Tucker Craft at 78. Take Luke Schoonmaker in the fourth round. They're, take Josh Wiley in the fourth round or the fifth round. It's okay. It, you'll live with those guys. 
I, I would be fine with Dalton Kincaid at 13. I'd be a little less fine with Michael Mayer, but I would understand it for the Packers, understanding that he can live in 11 personnel and you can do whatever you want. I would get it. I wouldn't love it. I think this, what I'm trying to lay out here is my attempt to say, this is what history says is good process. This is what history says is good process for the Packers. Now, are these players going to be great? No, not all of them. Some of them might be. But from a, an approach standpoint, from a playbook standpoint, I think this is what makes sense for the Packers. And I really like, I've been saying this a lot. I really like the way that this all falls for Green Bay. I really like the shape of this draft for the Packers to be strong on day two when you have multiple top 50 picks, two picks in the 40s is awesome in this draft. And then at 13, if you want to trade down, great, you can do that and add another pick. And now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to add multiple, multiple. Now, if like if you go from 13 to 21, let's say, and you add 54 and at 21, you get one of these tight ends. Now you have the extra pick. You can go receiver, pass rusher, and another tight end, another premium pick on a tight end. And you could get Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington, or you could get Michael Mayer and Sam Laporta or Luke Musgrave. You get your blocker tight end, your true Y and your move tight end. That's a great scenario for Green Bay. The last one, 78. And based on the board, now, there's going to be a bigger band here. The bands sort of get bigger as you move down. Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois. Quan Martin, we're going to talk about him in a second. The other safety from Illinois. Jordan Battle, the safety from Alabama. Are we sensing a trend? Jervon Dexter Jr., defensive lineman. Um, Zach Harrison, the pass rusher from Ohio State. So if you don't get one of these guys early, and then you have to go, you know, like if you get Paris Johnson at 13, let's say. Great. And then you feel like you have to go pass catcher, pass catcher. There's still a guy sitting there at 78. I love the value of Zach Harrison in the 70s. I think that's great value there. Um, and then there's two receivers, Rishi Rice and Jonathan Mingo. Now, it sounds like Mingo is getting sort of top 50 buzz that you probably have to get him at 42, 45. But based on the consensus, he belongs in the 70s. He belongs in that third round. So if someone is going to reach for him in the 40s, have it not be you. This makes sense to be where you get your safety. This is like, I named three safeties in a band of seven players. This is where you get your safety. To me, there is a perfect draft. And we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in just a second. Looking forward to a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories. Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. You have to try it. I have, I have a cupboard full of them and I have an order on the way almost at all times. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro, cookies and cream. I've got a peanut butter puff and a cookies and cream puff order en route. I've got the uh, mint chocolate flavor in the pantry and I've got the coconut puff flavor in the pantry. All the puff flavors, unbelievable they taste amazing and they hit the macro. 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, 130 calories. You cannot beat it with a stick. And now you can go to Walmart and get a box yourself. You can go to Sam's Club and get a jumbo box yourself, a 13 bar box. 
or you can go to built.com and get all the specialty flavors, get everything you want right there. But if you're out running errands, Walmart, Sam's Club, just stop in, grab something and enjoy. And speaking of enjoying, thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers. Tomorrow on the show is actually tonight on the show because we're going live after the first round to talk about the Green Bay Packers draft live on our YouTube page, our Locked On Packers YouTube page. Come have fun. Um, <laughs> really milked that one. So I, I did this as a way of um, trying to give you an idea of, the, of my favorite players at some of these spots. Everydayers know my favorite players at these spots. But the Packers last year, they drafted so many of my guys. And it was such a weird thing for me because I just really, from a process standpoint, disliked the way that they handled the first round. From a player standpoint, I disliked the way they handled the first round. I thought Quay Walker and, and Devontae Wyatt were like third round players, not first round players in a draft where you have to hit on these players to, for example, keep your franchise quarterback ha happy and healthy and whatever. They did not do that. But then they did a weird thing. They went out and drafted a bunch of my guys. Sean Ryan was my guy. Has that worked out? Great. No. Romeo Dobbs, no one was talking about Romeo Dobbs when I was talking about Romeo Dobbs. That was my guy. Zach Tom, I was like, as soon as he did his athletic testing and I watched the tape, I went, this is a Packer. This is a Packer. Zach Tom is my guy. He's a Packer. And it, he actually made me um, like Jermaine Jackson less because I watched Zach Tom shut him down. Kingsley Inigbare, one of my guys. I thought he was a top 100 player. I thought Zach Tom was a top 100 player. I thought Romeo Dobbs and Sean Ryan were much higher graded than the league did, and the Packers loved them. And I was higher than most people on Christian Watson. So, okay, didn't like the first round, but they took a lot of my guys. So, my guys, a my guys mock. At 15, you know the deal. JSN no matter what. I know what the history says. The history also says you can get really good receivers in the first round. You're, in fact, more than 50% likely in the first round to get a starting caliber receiver, and it's more like 60-plus in the top 15%. You're way better than not to get a good player here. JSN is that. At 42, get my guy Felix Anadike Uzoma. Love that. He can start right away. He is a different kind of player than Kingsley Anigbare, and so I love the variation that you get. Good run defender, splash run defender, but good run defender. Just 21. Um, I think he's 87th percentile athlete for the position. And that weight adjusted three cone, a sub seven second three cone at 255 is move in a six, nine, four, three cone. That's like better than Jordy Nelson changing directions. That is special movement skill stuff at 45. Give me Sam Laporta. And I understand Jackson Smith, the Jigba is a slot and, and Sam Laporta is a slot, but I think I can teach Sam Laporta the blocking and the finer points. I can split him out wide and 11 personnel and I have Romeo Dobbs and I have Christian Watson and I have Jackson Smith the Jigba and I have Sam Laporta. How are you defending that? Are you playing nickel? Are you playing dime? Are you putting a safety on Sam Laporta? Are you putting your nickel on JSN? Are you putting your nickel on Sam Laporta? What, how are you defending that? I just love that one. I know some people like Darnell Washington more. I get it. I don't. I know some people like Luke Musgrave more. I don't. So these are my guys. And then uh, Quan Williams is what I wrote on Twitter, but it's Quan Martin, the safety from Illinois. Jartavius Martin goes by Quan. 
I, I love him. I love the player. He is a great fit for Green Bay because he could play nickel right away. He could compete right away for that star position um, with Keyshawn Nixon. And if not, he could be a safety. I think he, he'd only played deep. I think in the share of snaps, it was something like a third of the time. But he can do it. And the fact that he could play from the slot in a, in a team where they want to play quarters and they want to play cover four and, and they want to play these, this match style, that means your safeties are going to have to be able to cover. They're going to have to play top down. He is big. He's physical. He has ball skills. He has coverability. Um, I was talking to Eric Crocker. I got Croc over at Locked On 49ers, former professional corner. And he was saying he thinks Martin could play boundary corner if you needed him to. He's got the size. 6'1", 200 plus pounds. He is everything you want at 78. He is the guy, the safety to me. And I think the plan that I just laid out, if JSN is there, this is, this is the way. Get your receiver at 13. If it's JSN, if he's there, don't reach. At 42, grab your pass rusher because at 45, you're going to have your pick of some tight ends. Grab him. And then at 78, either the best safety or the best defensive lineman. If you, if, like, if you can get Jervon Jexer, Love that. I think he's a really disruptive player. I think he's a really nice fit, a different kind of player. With Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark, you basically have your four eye or your five tech. With Dexter, you've got your nose tackle with Kenny Clark and you've got your three tech with Devontae Wyatt. And that's that's good eating. That's good eating for some big boys. Okay, so I think that that is the, the kind of draft that, that really makes a lot of sense for the Green Bay Packers. We're going to see. And we're going to go live to talk about all of it after the first round, we'll talk about day two players and, and what could be going there. Um, one last thing, um, Aaron Rodgers, no longer a Green Bay Packer, officially introduced as a New York Jet. He went up on stage and said that the reason that he, the Packers did not hear from him is because he does not get good cell service at his house. I'm not joking. I did not make that up. And he, by the way, I saw this. At least one media person was like, he was kidding. I could see that he was kidding. I know that he was there. I watched it. I watched the clip. He was not kidding. He was not kidding. There was no even really a wry smile. He he like went in, went on to defend himself over it. And then made a serious point right after. It was ridiculous. And even if it was a joke, it wasn't. Even if it was a joke, it wasn't. It was to obfuscate the fact that he was essentially saying, yeah, I didn't call them back because if you want to get a hold of me, you have to FaceTime me. Basically admitting I ghosted them. He wanted out. I don't know how much more clear this needs to be. Aaron Rodgers did not want to be there anymore. So let's not rewrite history in 5, 10, 15, 20 years and say Gudikins pushed him out. Gudikins traded him. That's true. Gudikins did trade him. And I think it's possible that the Packers were just done and they said, we don't want you here anymore, but let's be unequivocal. Aaron Rodgers did not want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. Therefore, Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer anymore. And you know what? The 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 attitude, the the I mean, let's call it what it was. The FaceTime thing is is nonsense. It's not even, it's not a lie. This is like classic Aaron Rodgers. It's not technically a lie if he wanted them to FaceTime him, but it's not an excuse either. So it is a it is a dissemble, it is an equivocation, it is an obfuscation, it is a lot of things. But you know what it is most of all? 
the New York Jets problem now, baby. Uh, let's let's have some fun tonight. Be safe out there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like when we go live after round one, round two and three, you can do that on the Locked on Packers YouTube page. Come hang out with us so you can stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>